text for the message this evening is Philippians 2, verses 12 to 16, that we just read. It's good to have it open in front of you as we go through these verses. Beloved Church of our Lord Jesus Christ, as we reflect on the past year, 2018, that's one of the reasons we are gathered here together as God's people then we can realize, we can come to realize that we are coming to this New Year's Eve service as a result of decisions that we have made throughout the year. God has created every person with a will, will of his or her own, and that will has shown itself in the choices that we've made. Every time we came to a fork in the road, we had to make a decision about which way we would take. And you chose to study or, or not, to go to work or not, to maintain and work on certain relationships, again or not, to fight against sins in your life, maybe you chose not to, to maintain. Uh, or, or to, to react in a certain way to, to suffering in your life. You are responsible for where you are today. And if you are dissatisfied with your situation, you can choose to mold your life in a different way. The Lord reveals this to us when he calls us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And on, on this New Year's Eve, we can see that this will involve making good choices in 2019 as we have these options there before us. And the gospel that I preach to you this evening is that God has not left us sinners alone to determine the course of our lives. Our text is a revelation of the depth of the sovereignty of God and how we can see his sovereignty and the real effects of his almighty power in our lives. Although we are the ones making very real and consequential decisions by doing one thing instead of another, we believe that our wills and our actions are influenced by the sovereign God's work in our lives. That's what our text is revealing to us today. He is the one who can establish the work of our hands. As we saw in the display text as we walked in, Psalm 90, verse 17. And so that little word, therefore, at the beginning of our text, verse 12, the little word, therefore, highlights that Christ's example of humility and his eternal kingship are capable of changing the desires and actions of everyone who believes in him. The gospel message that I proclaim to you this evening is that God works in those who believe in him in such a way that they can find joy in obeying him. They want to obey him. And I preach to you this hope for 2019 under the following theme, God 
graciously grants his children the desire and the ability to walk with him in 2019. And therefore, because of God's work, we depend on his grace, work out our salvation, and we shine like lights. Now we've looked at Philippians for several Sundays and we've noticed there are many exhortations, many commands that the Holy Spirit gives to us. He tells us stand firm in the faith. He, he tells us drive together in, in unity. He calls us to humble service to, to one another. And, and as we go through that, it can all be quite overwhelming. Christ's example of humility, his servant mindset, that, that cannot be matched. And persistent pride in our lives that causes discord, it can be discouraging. And Paul knew, even if you could see that in verse 12, that, that even if he was away, the congregation in Philippi had more difficulty focusing on God's call in their lives. And when we hear sermons based on a book like Philippians that urge us to love unconditionally, to do the things that please God, we can quickly become overwhelmed with grief because we recognize our own weaknesses and sins. And, and it's even intimidating to, to read, work out your own salvation with, with fear and temp, uh, trembling. Lord's Supper will be celebrated pretty soon. And, and even though we know we, we, will be saved, we are saved by grace alone, it's very clear to us that, as we say, we do not have perfect faith. We do not serve God with such zeal as he requires. Look back at 2018, and we know we're all here just by the, the grace of God. We're ashamed of many things that we, we did or we said in 2018. We look ahead and how can we prepare for, for this new year? On well, the first few chapters of Philippians, along with the commands, the Holy Spirit is constantly comforting us by reminding us that after he forgives us from all our sins, God remains at our side to help us live before him in thankfulness. We can be sure that we will not fail to serve the Lord if we depend on his grace because God has promised that he will always walk beside us. He will always give what he requires of us. And we can see that throughout. If you have your Bibles open, you can see when he commands us to be holy, he reminds us in verse 6 that he who began a good work in you, planted that faith, he will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. He will bring it to completion. God promises to, to bring your faith to completion. And then you look at verses 9 to 11 by equipping you with the fruit of righteousness. And where does that fruit come from? That comes through Jesus Christ. Every accomplishment in the life of the believer comes through prayers. And we see in verse 19, and through the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. 
So that we see in verse 26, we always have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus. The salvation that we know is ours when we stand firm in the faith is salvation, we can see in verse 28, salvation that is from God. And when the Holy Spirit commands us to obey and to work out our salvation, he does so reminding us in chapter 2, verse 13, that it is God who works in us both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Even the desire to depend on God's grace in our weakness is a desire that is placed in our hearts by the Lord who is correcting our wills and softening our hearts. God works faith in the hearts of all those whom he has chosen before the foundation of the world so that they will be gathered together under the divine triune blessing. We saw that in chapter 2, verse 1. And then after they have been justified, the Lord guides us by his Holy Spirit in that process of, of transformation of life. He gives the desire, the will, and he gives the ability, the work, to walk with the Lord. It all comes from him in his sovereignty. And the promise of the gospel is that God is powerful, God is able to change our hearts so that as a result, by our own personal will, we are not only able to choose to do things that are pleasing to God, but also to achieve it under his hand. There is hope for us who depend on God's grace in 2019 because his grace extends all the way to us fulfilling his word. Since even the first inclination of our wills to choose to depend on God's grace is given to us by God, and every good work in response to God's grace is also given to us by God, even when we choose to do what is right he is the one who receives all the glory. This evening we can look back on, on faithfulness in our lives and we can give God all the glory. You see, without injuring, without violating the, the wills, the nature of the wills that he created us with, Christ is able to direct our wills to, to choose what is pleasing to God. And so we are accountable to God for our obedience. Although after the fall into sin, every human heart was turned to stone and, his, and our wills became hardened in rebellion against God, God did not leave us in that rebellion. And the gospel is, and we confess this so beautifully also in the canons of Dort, that God instills new qualities into the wills of Christians. And he makes the will which was dead alive, which was bad, good, which was unwilling, willing, which was stubborn, obedient. And so, acted upon by God, 
The will itself acts. And that's why you want to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That is why you, you want to be here to worship him. And that is why God can hold everyone responsible for every choice they make. Why the scriptures command us to obey God. Why we want to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So what does it mean to work out our own salvation? Well, clearly, it does not mean, if you look at our text and you see the context, it does not mean that people who are dead in their sins can, can find a way to save themselves from God's wrath through their own choice or decisions. That would be like asking a, a parachutist, I think that's how you say it, somebody jumps out of a plane with a parachute, a, a parachutist, to, it's like asking a parachutist to, to go back up to the plane that she's just jumped out of. Or it'd be like asking a dead person to rise up out of the grave in his own strength. It cannot be that, that dead people are called upon to, to make themselves alive. That's not what Paul is saying. He's addressing people who have already been made alive in Christ. People like us, believers in our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit tells us in verse 12 then to, to obey just as you always have been, to continue to obey. He talks to us and calls us to be blameless and innocent children of God, already children of God, who are holding fast to the word of life that is already in their hands. That's verse 16. And so working out our own salvation means being who God made you to be. It means keeping in step with the Holy Spirit in a process of sanctification, becoming more and more holy with hearts transformed by the Holy Spirit. God makes our wills eager to accept Christ and his benefits. He makes us eager to choose to confess our sins every day. So he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He's calling us to choose to confess our sins to him every day. To choose to dedicate our lives to walk with God. Even when we are faced with that choice of, of turning away from him. He's calling us to, to follow him when we come to those forks in the road. And this responsibility to embrace the transforming work of God, to, to live out the salvation that Christ has obtained, to behave as children of God, is a responsibility that follows, falls on every person, every person who believes in Jesus Christ, who has the Holy Spirit. And look how it's, it's worded in verse 13, verse 12. Work out your own salvation. The Lord emphasizes that even when others around you may make it more difficult for you to obey because of their opposition or their unwillingness to serve the Lord, whether it was in the past or the present, he says that today you have been equipped 
to choose that which is pleasing to God. There's no victim language here. We cannot control what others will do. We cannot even predict the outcome of our choices. But this lack of control does not mean that we do not know what we need to choose and do in order to please God. God has shown it to us in his word. We know that each day in the coming year, we are responsible to ensure that we constantly turn to Scripture. Every time we come to the fork every, in the road, every time there's a decision to be made, we turn to Scripture. And we can find in Scripture the fitting response to our situation. The response of humility. The response of service. The response of self sacrificial love, the response of wisdom to do all things, says Paul in verse 14, without grumbling or disputing. Even when we can't see how obeying God's will could be good for us or our family. And we feel inclined to, to grumble about what God is making me do. Or dispute with what God's word clearly shows to us. Then the Holy Spirit reminds us that we have been equipped and employed by God to carry out his will. And since God is working within our very own hearts, we can be confident that when we depend on his grace, when we walk in with him, he will hold us on course. He will guide us through the challenges before us in 2019. We trust in our sovereign God to hold us when we walk with his word. And so Paul encourages the Philippians to obey not only when he was present with them, but also in his absence. You'll notice in the reading, we read that already, this is the second time he, he mentions that he calls them to this faithfulness even when he's not there. The Holy Spirit does not want us to be compelled to obedience by office bearers or compelled to obedience by the opinions and the evaluations of, of other people. These may be called secondary sources of motivation. But the primary source of motivation in the life of a Christian is the inner working of God in our hearts. A similar emphasis can be seen when the Holy Spirit talks in Ephesians 6 about bond servants. He says that they should carry out their tasks not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. The promise of the gospel is that God is guiding us from the inside. He is, he's working on our wills. He, he's pulling us from the heart forward. And his presence within us, and, and, and we experience the, the nearness of God as we 
hear him call us and, and lead us. That presence of God within us makes us live with a constant awareness that we are always living in the presence of his holiness and his majesty. And so, brothers and sisters, we are heading into 2019 with, with the heavens open above us and the God of all grace dwelling within us, working in our hearts and wills. And the closer that we are to God and the more aware we are of his guiding hand in our lives, the more we live before him with fear and trembling. You see, the holiness of God shines down upon our remaining sins and rebellion, makes us tremble for having offended God. And the awesome character of his grace and his forgiveness, which, which flows into our lives, and we can, we can see it washing away the, the wickedness and, and making us, us pure. It makes us tremble before our Lord and Master. And the Lord tells us to work out our, fear, our salvation with fear and trembling so that we remain humble before him, always in his presence. Stop being so casual, so careless, so lazy about doctrine, about sin, about worship. As we read that, we ask the question, do we still Fear the Lord. Do we tremble before his majesty when he's so near to us? He's, he's working within us. Or have we padded our lives with so many worldly comforts that we've forgotten that we are burning sticks snatched from the fire as we read in Zechariah 3 verse 2. Have we hidden our lives in the dark cloud of unbelief in the world so that you can't even tell the difference? Or can people see that we are serving a different king, a king who is with us, who has come down to walk with us, to guide us? You see, brothers and sisters, we have been saved by grace from the eternal punishment that we deserve for sins against the most high majesty of God, so that there's a purpose. We might shine as lights in the world. And the Holy Spirit compares the, the world to the dark sky and Christians to, to light-producing heavenly bodies like, like stars, like the sun, and using language that is Reminds us of the song of Moses in Deuteronomy 32 that we sang in, in hymn 12. The Holy Spirit reminds us that people who reject God are no longer his children because they are blemished, says Deuteronomy. A crooked and twisted generation. The darkness of the world comes from blemished wills. Wills that... that lead them to choose things that go against the way that God made the world. The crooked and twisted generation are, 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 refers to those who are swimming against the stream of how God created things. 
swimming against the stream with their ungodly understanding of work, ungodly understanding of relationships, worship. And it is in this darkness, says the Holy Spirit, that the Lord is calling out his church, graciously giving the desire and the ability to walk with him in the kingdom of light. And so there we go from this building, and we are scattered around the city of Edmonton, scattered like stars are scattered in the, in the universe, and standing out from the darkness because of our connection to God in Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit tells us that when we walk with him, when we hold fast to the word of life without grumbling or disputing, this makes us blameless and innocent. Verse 15, that's the exact opposite of the darkness of the world. And then we see, brothers and sisters, the value of your life in the world and for this world is not in your similarity to them, but in your difference from them. And equipped by God himself to shine, we are commanded by God to shine. The word of life that we hold fast to as it it shapes us, it, it shapes the decisions we make throughout the year. It's also the word of life that we hold forth to the world. Like a star in the darkness is unable to hide its light, so also God's people are unable to, to keep their faith and their new hearts hidden. We cannot hide it from our family. We cannot hide it from our neighbors. We cannot hide it from our co-workers, anyone who we know. Whereas people see that joy, your joy is found in doing the will of God, of your Father in heaven. That you decide to dedicate your time, your wealth, and your love to the kingdom of God and, and his church. As people see that in your lives, they get a foretaste of what it is like to be a part of the kingdom of God. They can see a, a little bit of the, the glory of heaven. Just like stars in the night sky can be imagined to be, to be windows that give a glimpse into the eternal glory and the light of God's eternal dwelling. So also our lives shine in the darkness of a crooked and twisted generation like windows that show the work, the powerful work of God. May it be our heart's desire to shine in the darkness of the world as we begin a, a new year working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And then Paul expresses in verse 16 that it is his wish that in the day of Christ, he says, I may be proud that I did not run or run in vain or labor in vain. You see, God is bringing his work to completion at the day of Christ. We, we read that in verse 6. And then verse 10 of chapter 1 says he's, he's making the church pure and blameless for that day, the day of Christ. 
And then Paul, in our text now, he says he's looking forward to being there on the day of Christ and identifying the people from Philippi that put their faith in Jesus Christ. He had spent many years running, exhausting himself in, in labor for the congregation. And he says, none of this would be in vain. If God's people continue to shine like lights in the darkness and stand out for holding fast to the word of life. In so many years, just like Paul did, we too are, are standing before another new year. We're looking forward. We don't want our labor to be in vain. And we know that the day of Christ is coming. And we too may be comforted to know that God will bring everybody who trusts in him to that day of celebration. It stands before us like a goal. It stands before us to, to motivate us. And those who shine in the darkness, they'll be there with Paul. And the others on the day of Christ, confirming that his work was not in vain. Those who walk with the Lord today will walk with him in, in all eternity. And so tonight is a, a night to celebrate continuing, just as you have always obeyed. So now, continue. To work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Tonight is a night to wish each other the happiness of another year. A happiness of walking closely with the Lord whom we love. The happiness of finding joy in exactly those things that God has called us to do. Working to glorify him. Enjoying our singlehood, our, our married life, our family life in all purity. Worshiping him in our homes and on the day of rest. Those, those things we love to do that are actually God's will for our lives. Tonight is a night to think about choices and decisions in the new year. How we will react, what we will choose. And also to think of that ch choice, the decision to hold forth the word of life to a crooked and twisted generation as we live among our neighbors and shine the light of the gospel of God's transforming work in our lives to those around us. Tonight is a night to look forward to the day of Christ and to pray that we may continue to hold fast to the word of life so that we can rejoice as a congregation, servants, together on that night, that day as we are also tonight. Happy New Year. May we see the fruits of God's gracious work in our hearts as we depend on him for everything. We walk in the Spirit to work out our salvation with fear and trembling and as we shine like lights in the world as we express our thanksgiving for the work of God 
in our lives. Amen.